The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream, where you uncover the truth of your dreams to reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream, here on Unity Online Radio. The number to call in if you have a dream you'd like to share is area code 816-251-3555. Again, 816-251-3555. And we're going to talk about a bunch of things today, but mostly the show is for you. This is your opportunity to get some live dream work done. It's a lot more fun to do it this way than it is if you write it in. I mean, it's any way you send in a dream is great, but it's really cool if you want to call in and you can even call in and change your name if you want to, or, you know, you don't have to reveal yourself. Although, as I was saying on our Facebook live with Um, It's the Dreams Unzipped with Dr. Dream and Nancy T page. I was saying that if you peel back the layers of your dream, it only reveals your gold, the golden center of you. So it's not ever, your dreams are never going to reveal that, oh my God, you're really screwed up. It might reveal what's in the way of your gold. It might reveal that you got a little work to do a little excavating to do, but what's underneath, underneath, underneath all of that is that you have a golden center. You are God in the flesh and your dreams, I believe, are always pointing toward that, helping us to expedite that, helping to get rid of the stuff that we've claimed is who we are so that we can be free and be full of light in our own uniquely expressed way. That's what it's all about. So there's nothing scary about sharing your dreams. Not in this context. I mean, sure, there's some people that will pathologize. Don't you love that big word? Pathologize your dreams. And this is one of the reasons I felt compelled to write my first dream book because I I found there was just a few. Betty Bethards, Carl Jung, obviously. I love their perspective on dreams. But there was a lot of dream interpretation out in the world that was... I found it was really making me and other people feel really bad about themselves. Um, I remember one dream book, and I don't remember who wrote it, and I'm not going to trash anybody, but they said that if you had fire in a dream, it meant that there was impending doom. Hello? No, no. I believe that fire is a symbol of great change and potentially great passion that might not be harnessed yet depends on what's happening with it but it's energy and energy is power and it's all about how you use it so i always like to do a little prayer on this show to get us really grounded to get our tippy toes nestled into the earth before we take off and go flying in the realm of dreams so buckle up Or unbuckle if you'd rather put your hands in the air, shake them like you just don't care. But let's take a couple of deep breaths together. And allow every deep breath that you're taking right now to help you be 
releasing and letting go of anything and everything you don't want to hold on to from this moment forward. Any tightness, any gripping, any conditioning from the past that says that in some way, shape, or form you're not enough. Drop it like it's hot. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Just like that song that was in the Disney movie Frozen. Let it go. Let it all go. That's what the exhale is here for. Drop away everything that is unlike the truth of who you are. So that with every new breath you take, you are bringing yourself back into remembering, coming back into connection with the truth that you've had and been all along. You're at one with the one, at one with the sunlight of the spirit, at one with God, fully, holy, one in God missing, lacking nothing, whatever you've been through, whatever you've called yourself, whatever other people have called you. None of that sticks. None of that is ultimately real. Has no legs to stand on, so drop it. So that we can dedicate this precious time that we have together to exploring the realm of dreams because we're always dreaming, whether we're awake or asleep. But when we shine a light on those dreams, We become lucid and then we can live in a more lucid way where we know that we are dreamers, but we become awake dreamers, knowing that for sure what seems so solid and real is really quite malleable. And we have more directorial input into our dreams than we ever could have dreamed possible. So with a big, deep breath of gratitude for this technology that brings us together in this delicious way, giving thanks for the staff at Unity Online Radio, Jeff and Louie, Diane Ray, and everyone else behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, Nancy Telzero, who's joining me today as my co-host, who's also... dreams. Nancy provides this wonderful perspective that's very grounded and very feminine and not steeped in all the study, 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 but steeped in a more human, fun kind of perspective because we like to keep work. so easily say yay to or this and so it is amen a woman ah dreams all right so i'd love to invite you to call in if you would like to eight one oh i don't know if i'm still with you or not let's see am i still with you I think I am, um, even though the looks like I'm disconnected from something. <laughs> I hope I'm not totally disconnected. Somebody let me know if I am. Okay, um, the number to call if you have a dream is area code 816-251-3555. Area code 816-251-3555. So are your dreams too revealing? That's the question. I'm going to reboot this thing and see what happened. I hope you all can still hear me. 
And Jeff, if you're if you can hear me, why don't you cut in and come in on the line and let me know that I'm being heard. Otherwise, I'll call in from my cell phone because that's the way we roll. Sometimes technology has a few little glitches, you know, but all good. Um, my internet might have just popped off. You're here. Interesting. You're here. Oh, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, can you bring on Nancy T? Because I no longer have access to stack. It cut me off. Hello. Here I am. Yay. Hi, Nancy T. Hi, honey. Hi, beautiful. Hi, honey. You're in the cold weather. I'm in the warm weather. But yeah. whether we're in the same weather or not, we're always together. Always. Da -da -da. Always. Always. Oh my heavens. So there's a few things that I have on my heart today. Besides, we've got a bunch of dreams that have been sent to us and hopefully um, people are listening, they can call in, but hopefully I will have access to the switchboard. So I'll be able to bring people on. But luckily we have a backup plan. We've got lots of dreams that people have emailed me. My email yeah. address, by the way, is kelly at kellysullivanwalden.com or kelly at ihadthestrangestdream.com. And Nancy, I know we have one that's related to our Dreams Unzipped page, but for some reason I can never remember it. So do you know that off the top of your head? <laughs> I do. It's, it's drdreamandnancyt at gmail.com. And doctor oh. is spelled out. The word and is spelled out, but the letter T is just a T. If that's not confusing <laughs> enough, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Dr. Dream so if it makes it easier. You yeah. You can call, you can write in Kelly at Kelly Sullivan Walden .com if that makes your life a little There's easier. So many ways. <laughs> so before we get in, always a backup plan. Yes. Or a message in a bottle, you know, there you why go. not? I'll take it. I'll take it. However, it shows up on my doorstep. I will take it. But before we get into dreams, and I know we've got a bunch of really, really juicy ones. Um, because I've got Frida Kahlo on my brain, I'm, I'm here, and Nancy was here with me for quite a bunch of days. We're around the corner from where Frida Kahlo, the, the Mexican artist, used to live. She's a legend, and um, so I'm sure everybody knows who she is. I hope everybody does, and if not, let's. I just want to presence her because she's so vital. Um, I was just in front of her blue house just a few minutes ago before the show started, and every time I see her house, I just, my heart just cracks open. So Nancy, why don't you start with a little bit of what does Frida as a symbol represent to you? Uh, Frida to me is, is about strength and perseverance, no matter what. And with the emphasis mm. on no matter what, uh, I feel like she had always had this spirit that, that shone through regardless of what she was physically feeling or mentally or emotionally feeling. And she had a lot of hardships in her life, but you look at her art and you don't feel pain. You, you look at her art and you feel life and you feel vitality. And I'm amazed by her. And I, and just before we, we get into it further, I, I have to say the last time Kelly and I went there together, which was just, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, we went to, um, to Frida's house and we're there and I had a hat on and Kelly and I both had backpacks on and they were telling us, <laughs> put your backpack in the front and take your hat off. And they were just, <laughs> just really bossing us around. And Kelly, a beautiful soul that she is, was so resistant to being, you know, pushed around. Don't tell me what to do. 
it felt very Frida like to me. Like, you know, it was it'd yeah. be very easy for her to say the doctors told me that I can't walk and, and that I've got these horrible ailments, so therefore I can't do anything. But she was like, No, screw that, I'm painting. I'm still gonna right. create this beautiful art. And you felt like Frida to me. You were you were saying no and right. as soon as Don't you get that in. backpack on your back, you put it back <laughs> and you go exactly. home a few times. <laughs> I did and I love the I scene if you loved it. Thank you, Nancy, for loving my rebellious streak. Okay, calling me out, and and it's true. It's totally true. I love no, this scene at the end of the. It was so thank Frida. You. It felt right to me. Freedom, Frida. At the end of uh-huh. Frida's movie, I mean, actually, it, the the movie Frida is bookended by the scene where she's getting her bed loaded up in the back of a work truck, and you don't know where she's going at the beginning, but you see at the very end she's really sick and. She's had yet another operation and she's having her first art exhibit in Mexico City. She's had exhibits in Paris, in New York, in London, all over the world. She's the sensation, but she's always pining for when am I going to be, when will I, when will my, my family and the people, my culture accept me? When will I get to have a showing in Mexico? So at the very end of her life, they have a big gallery opening for Frida and she doesn't want to miss it. And the doctor says, you absolutely cannot get out of bed. So she says, fine. So they, they, she orders everybody to pick her bed up, put it in the back of this car, and they take her in her bed to her gallery opening in Mexico City. It is so awesome. Like, ain't no yeah. mountain high enough. We're not going to let our suffering stop us from having a creative, vital, juicy life. So on that note, we've got Gail, who has a dream for us, I believe. So Gail, welcome to Ask Dr. Dream here on Unity Online Radio. Do you have a dream for Nancy T. and I? I do. And this is very ironic because I don't always wake up remembering that last night I woke up twice with these dreams. Mm. And I'm sure they're similar, but uh, and then I've had similar dreams before of this nature. This time, I was at a huge, huge hotel with my husband, and I was going to a convention, and he was in room 735, and I couldn't find it. I went all over this elaborate hotel, which had two towers, and... I went up every staircase, every other way that I could go. I couldn't find it. And so I went to the people to try to find my phone so that I could call him. And they had misplaced my purse. All the purses were put in a similar place, and they couldn't find my purse. So I tried to use Mm -hmm. other people's phones to phone my husband. And every time I inserted his phone number, it would change. The phone wouldn't keep the phone number. Mm So I couldn't call him, and I forget how I finally, I actually went to some man's room, and it was the wrong room, and then I I came out of that dream and had a dream where I couldn't find my car, and it was in a neighborhood. It was dark, and it was in an unpleasant neighborhood, and mm. I did everything searching for where I knew I had parked this car. Now, I've had that dream Mm -hmm. before, but both dreams woke me up in the middle of the night, not in the morning, and this is kind of unusual for me. Plus, I have a Frida story, but I won't go into that. (laughs) 
What's your Frida story? Oh, that's a, mm. a unique story. I mean, I wrote a book called Art for Children with Disabilities. And oh, uh, wow. In Mex- I was in Mexico uh, years ago um, down in Puerto Vallarta, and my husband and I went into this really tiny little authentic Mexican restaurant. And this was before I knew who Frida was. Because I, I had studied art, but I didn't know her. And this was years ago. And so I went into the restroom there in this little restaurant. And they had the picture, the famous picture on the wall of the broken mm. column. And uh, I went back to sit with my husband at the table. And I said, oh, they had the most haunting picture in the restroom. And I told him about mm. it. So then I come back and I'm writing and I'm researching for the book. And I typed in. Art and Disabilities. I Googled it. And the first thing that came up was the picture of Frida, the broken column picture. And uh, so I included that. I've included that in several things that I've done. But, yeah, that was really, really one of those uh, synchronicities that you don't expect. Oh, Gail, I'm so covered with chills and chills on top of chills. That's so beautiful. And I want to just listen. (laughs) Okay, I've got so much to say. I'm going to try to just be like a machine gun, like try to get it all in here. Okay, first thing I want to say is I want to address, I'll, I'll go backwards. First, about Frida. One of the things that I think is so special about her, and I just love this because in in her story, Diego Rivera is her mentor, her teacher, who becomes her husband, and he's super famous worldwide. And she's kind of the little underling that's that that feels so lucky right. that somebody of his stature takes her under his wing. And but in time, she's got way more. She's way more well known than Diego Rivera will ever be, even though Diego Rivera is incredible, his art is fantastic. But there's this whole conversation about why do people love Frida so much? Why is she depicted so much more than Diego Rivera? Not that it's apples and oranges, the different artists completely, but the the message is because of her suffering, because she suffered and still figured out how to create and express herself. People relate to her because everyone suffers. There's not a human on the planet, some more than others, obviously, but people feel that she's like the patron saint of she can feel my pain and yet she still persists and she still creates beauty. And she tells her story. Like there's a scene in the movie that she's doing one of her paintings where after she lost her baby and she she does this painting where she's lying in her bed in a puddle of blood. <laughs> it's super gory. Yeah, there's like yeah. an umbilical yeah. cord connected to this this dead baby. And then there's like the contraptions of her of her like her corset and and this woman says, Um, honey, uh no one's gonna buy that. <laughs> Why would anybody mm-hmm. wanna hang that on a wall? And yet Oh my God, people love it because they feel heard and seen and gotten. So I just want to just acknowledge that. And what a beautiful synchronicity and how perfect that you called today. Well, I'm here just a block from Frida's house, basically. It was just in front of oh. the house that she painted the, those paintings in. And oh, it's oh, so alive wow. to me here in Coyoacan. But I want to say something about your two dreams. So the, the dream about losing your car. Now, I've been writing 
this column for First for Women magazine for about almost two years now, about at least a year and a half. And one of the most common themes that is sent to me, besides women having these dreams about their mothers on the other side, there's a lot of dreams about people's departed loved ones, especially their mothers on the other side. But besides that, the other most common dream is losing one's car. And after having probably fielded hundreds of these dreams. I have a, I've always had a perspective on this, but I have even more of a philosophy on this dream. And, and basically I believe that in some way our car, it's symbolic of our bodies, our vehicle, uh, how we get through life. Also a car can be symbolic of our career. It's what, how we identify ourselves, that thing that gives us energy to get through life. And, um, and our our ambition, our mojo, our our engine that fires us up. So it's the stuff that we're passionate about. And I think sometimes we misplace it. We don't know where it went. We we park it somewhere and and then we can't find it. We go back and it's gone. So I think it's about refining our passion for what we're doing here with our career or with our and I don't have a speech impediment, but having the wordplay of car in there like and if Mm -hmm. it's not about the career our creative expression i believe it's about what what juices us what gives us what puts us in the driver's seat of our life our power basically we forgot where we put it and the good news is is that we lose it but we find it again and sometimes when we do find it again whether in a dream or in waking life we appreciate it so much more once we've found it because we we don't take it for granted in the same way. So let me just let me just cut in and and see how that part of it's landing on you. And then Nancy T, obviously, I'd love to hear if you've got a perspective on losing your car in a dream. But let's start with Gail. Any perspective? Oh, this for you is on yeah. This is very good. This is very good. I'm in the process of purging files of years of work and trying mm. to reframe what I do. And so <sighs> great. There is a sense of letting go and losing, at my age especially, losing some of my dreams and yet reframing what I can do because there's Excellent. so many things maybe I can't do at this point. So, yes, so many of us, yeah, so many of us identify ourselves with what we did with our career, like it's who we are. But the truth is, you're infinite. You're so much, your career identity was one iota of who you are so you get to refine yourself in a whole new way so nancy t what's your point of view on that and this losing my car dream wow i'll tell you um it's interesting that she brought up frida because i think <laughs> in both of her dreams she exhibited that she was losing something that feels to me feels grounding and secure whether it's your husband or your car it's the thing mm-hmm. that keeps you safe in a way and feel protected mm-hmm. And yet Mm -hmm. you kept searching for it. You kept looking for it. And it reminded me of Frida once again, um, just for the same reason that I admire her, which is she, she had so much that some could be considered stacked against her. And yet she persevered and she kept going. And so to me, it's a perseverance dream and that (laughs) you even went back in and had another one. It's like, you're just, you're, you're tenacious, you know, you continue and you will continue with whatever you try to do. You, there'll still be that your soul kind of moving forward and, and bringing you to that next place. So it was, it was very exciting mm-hmm. for me to hear about your dream. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Now let, thank you. Thank you, Nancy and Gail. And let's talk about your seven, your dream about your husband and the sevens. I just have to say as a coincidence, I woke up with a bunch of sevens in my dream last night. So that was mm. a theme. And then you have a thing where your husband is in room seven and then the phone cut out. I couldn't hear the rest of the room number. What was the rest of that number? It was 735. 735. Okay. So room 735 in general, and because we're going to have, we're going to be going to break in a second. So we'll be short and sweet on this one. Um, Looking for, if, if it were my dream, I'm looking for my husband in this huge hotel. To me, a hotel is symbolic of, it's a temporary place that I call home. And so it's kind of like we're I love the roomy quote, life is our guest house. Everything is temporary. So it's kind of like a relationship with what's temporary. And it's huge. It's huge. 700 rooms in this place or like seven floors. And if I can't find my husband in a dream, from my perspective, my husband is the masculine aspect of who I am. So it might be that I've lost track of my masculine aspect, which is the dynamic part of me that is that is go-getter. And it might even relate. To, I mean, oftentimes when there's two dreams sandwiched next to each other that are vivid in one night that have a similar theme, it's kind of like the dreaming is saying... I want to take you deeper. I really want you to get this. So it feels like there may be a relationship between the career and the male aspect trying to get that connection. Nancy T, I thought that was very astute, drawing that connection between that searching, that looking, and and not giving up. So I think there's something in that and finding somebody else's room, and this isn't it, but I'm going to find it. Um, I think my my question for you, Gail, really quickly is, if you found what you were looking for, how would it make you feel? If you found your husband and you found your car, what would that do for you? I could relax. <laughs> you know, okay. I could be at peace. Uh-huh. So a dream isn't over just because we woke up. And I'm going to invite you over the break and and to continue to contemplate this, to think about if you got what you wanted, if you became lucid suddenly in this dream and you were able to say, my husband, I don't have to go searching for him. I can be magnetic and he will be by my side. And I'm pulling in my masculine energy that I need right now because I'm rediscovering myself, my who I was as a career woman. I'm becoming a new person. I'm re redefining who I am. So contemplate that because the dream ain't over just because you woke up and the show ain't over just because we're going to a break. We will be right back here on Ask Dr. Dream. The number to call when we come back is 816-251-3555 here on Unity Online Radio. We'll be right back. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. 
Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Eric Butterworth, taken from the live lecture, A Course in Practical Metaphysics. Healing is the experience in our life of coming out of the darkness into the light, getting out of the confusion of human consciousness into the allness which is always present. But the allness of infinite life is present even within the illness. So God is not a healer. He doesn't look down upon you and say, well, you're sick, but you're a good person and I like you very much, so I'm going to take this illness away from you. God doesn't take illness away from anybody, nor does God put illness into anyone, which belies a lot of traditional religious thought, too. We talk about, well, suffered to be so, it's God's will, and I guess it's my place to accept it. The will of God must always be the ceaseless longing of the Creator to express itself in that which has created. So it's a constancy, it's a force which is ever seeking to press itself out into visibility as life, as wholeness, as success. To find out more about Eric Butterworth, visit unity.org. For over 23 years, Liz Dunn and the team at Celebrate Your Life have been presenting life-changing events with some of the world's leading spiritual teachers. Experience a Celebrate Your Life event for yourself in 2019. Tickets are available now for the International Women's Summit, March 7th to 10th in Phoenix, Arizona, featuring some of the most inspirational speakers in the realm of mind, body, and spirit. Do something for yourself this year. Go to CelebrateYourLife.com and reserve your space today. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer, or call 816-969-2000. Create a path to success and prosperity with May McCarthy and Abundance Incorporated every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central on UnityOnlineRadio.org. A co-founder of seven successful companies, an angel investor, best-selling author, and international speaker, May will help you each week with spiritual and practical tools you can use to create a life that you love with greater health, happiness, wealth, and freedom. Join the show live with your questions or listen later on demand right here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream here on Unity Online Radio. On the show, we explore your dreams. We uncover the truth of them to reveal the beauty of who you are. I was talking with somebody the other day, and they were embarrassed to share their dream. And they especially said, oh, my God, I could never share this out loud in public because people would think I'm crazy. And I thought, oh, my God, yes, it is very revealing to share your dreams for sure. But that's like, okay, if that's the good news, bad news. Bad news is it's revealing. The good news is you're gold underneath there. So you're only going to reveal the beauty and the the gold of who you are. So I think if our species, I'm just going to get super galactic and big picture for a minute. If we were going to evolve as a species in a rapid way, 
I think we would all share our dreams incredibly candidly all the time. I think it would bring us to a quicker, more soulful way of relating to each other. There would be less ego involved. We'd have, we'd find more compassion for each other. The moment I hear someone, a stranger at a party, tell me their dream, immediately they begin to glow. They become 10 times more beautiful than they were before when they just were all quaffed and cute and all all prim and proper. The moment I hear somebody's dream, I see this technicolor beauty pop out from behind the scenes. Even if their dream is scary, even if there's Freddy Krueger involved, it just always reveals the soul gold. So I think if I was just going to get on my soapbox, which I guess I'm I'm on as we speak. Hello, this is my soapbox. Um, I just want people to share their dreams and be free about it and and to not have the stigma of there's it's going to reveal that there's something wrong. If it reveals that there's something wrong, then that's just what's on the surface. What's underneath that is the gold. And what what the dream might be revealing is the stuck stuff that's on the surface, just like that, that whole thing about the big giant Buddha that was found in Tibet that was covered with cement and an anthropologist saw this glint of gold under it. And when he went excavating, he found that it was covered up by cement so that it wouldn't be stolen. And when they, when they revealed all the gold that was under it, they, they had, they realized that there was a time when the village was being pillaged and it would have been stolen or broken had that gold been revealed. But we, we're just like those gigantic Buddhas. There's always gold underneath. So speaking of gold underneath, we've got Tamra from Los Angeles <laughs> on the line with us, okay. ready to share a dream with us on Ask Dr. Dream here on Unity Online Radio. What you got, Tamra? Okay. Um, well, is very recent uh, dream and it was short um, and I I thought about it for quite a bit but I thought I would just release my own interpretation and talk to you about it. So awesome. On uh, the previous day to the dream um, someone had shared with me that she uh, told a mutual friend of ours that I ask about her all the time, which actually isn't the truth. Um, mm. But I said okay, and nothing was really... I know that the person was coming from a good place and wanting to make this other person feel comfortable. I did have this feeling um, for a moment of, well, where do... How do I fit into this? Because that's not how I'm feeling. But um, but I didn't stay with that. I just and all of this is inside the dream. Yeah, all uh, of this is in the dream. You're um, no, this was an actual part. Right. Oh, gotcha. Going to sleep and dreaming. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I just became altruistic in front of my acquaintance. I I said, oh. That's fine. That's lovely. But that would be the truer side. I just wanted to present that. So I mm-hmm. go into the dreaming state. And in the dream, um, this individual is before me, and she's crying and stuttering, and um, and I'm even though I'm standing there, no one can. See, she doesn't see me. Um, 
And I have a momentary memory of the conversation with mm. this person about about her. And my mind wants to feel bad. My mind wants to say, I caused these tears and I caused the stuttering. But my heart t- literally jumps out of my chest and talks to my brain and in my ear, like whispering, like a heart-shaped little person with legs and arms. And it whispered in my ears, ear, um, this isn't about you. This, in mm. other words, the tears. And, the tears. and I, I look to my shoulder and say to the heart, I know, but I want to feel something about it. I want to take ownership of it. And, but my self doesn't let me, my truer self doesn't let me. And I stayed far, I recede from the visual and that's the dream. Hmm. So I Okay. Let me see if I caught this. Okay. I want to see. So in waking life, you it's kind of like heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. There's a friend, Ario mm-hmm. Speedwagon on my mind. All right. So somebody yeah. says that you, that you had been saying something about them asking about them and that wasn't true. And then in your dream, you, you're, you're face to face with the person. I believe that you maybe had the issue with that um, it, you weren't asking about, but yet they were there and they were crying and stuttering mm-hmm. and, in, you stepped in, back. In waking life, the person said, I told them you ask about them, basically, even though you don't. And I didn't quite know what to say because, but I know that this person was wanted me to ask or to encourage me to ask or wanted to feel better themselves. I said nothing okay. except, oh, okay, I get it, and kind of went on with my life. And then in the dream, there was the person crying and stuttering, and my mind wanted to make me responsible for it. But my heart, okay. yeah. Well, this, it feels like, just like um, in nature, poison oak or poison ivy grows next to jewelweed. There's the, often a dream will reveal the sticky place, the stuck place mm-hmm. or the challenging place. And then it will reveal right inside of it, the solution. And um, just to be, just to kind of cut to the chase, it feels like the heart is where the solution resides. And mm-hmm. it seems, it feels to me kind of like a mental um, quagmire, quagmire. Ooh, I don't know that I've ever said that word out loud. Quagmire, <laughs> where there's like the, uh-huh. but I didn't say anything and yet I do and yet I'm I'm worried and should I have, uh, da, 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 da. it feels a little um, like overwhelmingly mental, but it feels like the heart pops out and says, yo, let me embrace this whole thing. And in some way, to me, the dream, everyone in the dream is me in, in sure. my dream. So it's not about you, the dreamer, and yet it is all about you. So I would say mm-hmm. the perfect solution is being revealed. And I'm and I'm thinking about a dream that I had, and Nancy knows this. I've probably shared this dream a thousand times, and Dana hates it when I bring this one up. But it was a dream that I had where I was in an argument with him. And in waking life, I was in an argument. And in the dream, I was observing him as a child. And I was loving how adorable he was as a child. And this larger voice came to me over my shoulder and said, why not just try loving him? 
And I argued with that voice that felt very much like the voice of a heart or the voice of an angel. And I was like, but, but he, he doesn't deserve it. He's being a jerk right now. (laughs) And the voice just said, Mm -hmm. why not just try loving him? So I just stopped thinking and turned on my love and let the love just totally flood through my heart. And I wrapped myself, wrapped him up in my love and it did. So the next morning there was a healing and we didn't even have to talk about it. So it feels like whoever this person is, there's Mm -hmm. some unfinished business and the higher self in you, if I may be so bold and so bossy, Mm -hmm. I would say that the, the message is maybe see this person as a child, as your child and envelop them with your love. And you don't have to meet them on the level of peer. I think the peer level is where the issue is. This person might not be a peer or somebody that mm-hmm. you want to be a peer with, but you can certainly be a heart. So I think yeah. there's there's a melting and a forgiveness that can show up in in that. It feels like the heart with arms and legs is hilarious. It makes me laugh. And that's always the answer. Oh, my God. So um, how does that land on you? And then, Nancy T., you're up to to give us your two cents on that too. So how does that land on you, Tam? Um, I think that, um, you know, that's kind of um, right where I went. And Great. what I also thought is, um, you know, I was, I, I was kind of already done this in regard to this particular incident, but I took it a little differently, but I like your, um, the way you first it. I thought perhaps it's how I view myself as someone who's, stuttering mm, and sad mm. and yet my heart jumps out and goes you're the bomb girl so yes this, yes this, you know back from her that girl with the tears and this not that she's bad but um she's in the past and because i was receding i went oh i just have to keep remembering my past self even if it's yesterday and my current self is on fire and i often Ooh. give way to my past girlfriend and my current girlfriend gets oh, kind of beautiful. like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I would, my own little tweak, my own little tweak, if it were my dream would be it's it, it past, present, future. It all collides in this eternal yeah. synchronistic now. So I would say that little crying, stuttering girl may be the key to my gold. Often it's the most vulnerable mm-hmm, part of us right. that we go, Oh, I hate her. She's just so embarrassing. And why didn't she get over it? She's the one who holds the keys. She's the one that's got the compassion and she's the one that has the, yeah, the wisdom that is beyond what we can learn in books. So I love that little girl. And Nancy T, what does this bring up for you, my sweet? Oh, wow. You guys said so many things. There's only a little bit left, I think. But <laughs> I agree with everything you both said. Um, but I, to me, this dream felt very much like a flow between what is happening, what, what the subconscious wants you to know, what, what could be, what would be, what isn't. It was like just a big flow of all worlds going through and through you. And it felt to me that because that heart was there, it was almost like saying, this is where your gold is. Uh, your gold is in your awareness. Your gold is in your awareness mm-hmm. to see what is right before you and what is underneath and what feels right inside you and what doesn't. And and it felt like to me that mm-hmm. it was revealing your gold. Um, mm-hmm. But I really agree with Beautiful. everything else you guys all said, too. <laughs> all of that. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Nancy, as you're saying that, and and I know Tamara um, has been to Teotihuacan. Nancy and I were just in Teotihuacan. And there's a place in the transformational journey, a physical place called the Plaza of Air. And it symbolizes our thoughts. And it's along the hierarchy of difficulty. Um, every stage of the journey is about releasing some part of what we're attached to. And it takes a long time to get to where we were. We could be willing to let go of our thoughts as our masters, our, our beliefs as so solid. And in the center of the Plaza of Air is this gigantic mound that we refer to as the heart rock. Or the, the it's like the heart, the mother, the heart of the mother. And it's filled, it's just a bunch of rocks, really. But we often will lay on that and kind of lay down our thoughts in favor of allowing the heart to step up and take mm-hmm. over and the wisdom of the heart to show up. And I, it makes me think of that Van Morrison line in one of his songs, when my heart can do the thinking and my mind begins to feel a look mm-hmm. outside and something, something and see what's really real. So I'm covered in chills and it, I just feel like your dream, Tamara, is important for all of us listening. It's not just for you. It's, it's incredibly arch- archetypal and symbolic and it's the solution yeah. when we get caught up in how am I going to fix this? Who said what? Who started what? Let's just go and become literal hearts with arms and legs and just yeah. wrap our arms around ourselves and them. So how's that landing on you, Tam? That's great. Thank you very much, Kelly. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Oh, that was beautiful. Okay, so we are, we've got a few minutes left on here on Ask Dr. Dream on Unity Online Radio. The number to call if you've got a quick dream to share is area code 816-251-3555. And Nancy T, I know that you've been um, compiling some dreams that have been sent in. So do you want to, you have any other dreams you'd like to share? Don't I sound like Stevie Nicks? Hey. You do, you do. Um, there, I see one here, and this is called Big Boy. <laughs> you remember Bob's Big Boy? It's about that. I do. So I do. And isn't there like a radio show host called Big Boy? I don't know. I've seen ads throughout I LA for that. Most of us have eggs and hash browns when I think of Big Boy, but that's me. Um, so <laughs> her, <laughs> her dream is she woke up in a panic. Because her in her dream, she was talking with one of her male friends in the kitchen of a house. And all of a sudden, at the same time, somebody was at the front door, someone was at the back door, and two dudes with giant bobbleheads. On the bobbleheads were Big Boy, the Big Boy mascot from Big Boy restaurants. And they had guns, and they were trying to break down the doors. So she was just really oh trying. God. She was being invaded by these bobblehead big boys, which is so far a contrast of hash browns and eggs. But yeah, that's, that's what she sent to us from Nicole. Nicole, you're about to hear what that's all about. <laughs> oh my Lord. Thank you so much, Nicole. Okay. I just want to make sure I got this. So she's, it, the dream starts with her in her house. And I know that's basically a home invasion with these bobblehead, larger yeah. than life beings front door, coming door. in. Yep. Front door, back door. What, what starts off before this? It just says that she woke up in a, in a, in a panic from it. So she was with her male friends in a kitchen of a house. And then okay, the in, front okay. and back door, that's where these bobbleheads were. And they had guns and they were trying to break down the door. Whoa. Mm. Oh, my Lord. Okay. 
Invasion. Well, the, I I have no choice but to do an If It Were My Dream, and then I'll invite you to do this too. Yeah. So, you know, when we do our um, Facebook Live before we do this show, that's going to be the pattern now on, on Dreams Unzipped with Dr. Dream and Nancy T. We were talking to Brett Walker earlier and interpreting a dream of his, and I was saying that the masculine and feminine perspective is one frame or one lens to interpret a dream from. So I'm going to do that with this, with this dream. So she is a woman and her name again is Nicole. Yeah. Nicole. Okay. So Nicole, Mm -hmm. she's in the kitchen of a house. Usually the kitchen of a house, I'm going to sound very sexist is would be like the feminine part of the house. It's the nurturing part of the house. It's where we Mm -hmm. feed ourselves and she's in there with a friend. So this is all sounding very feminine in the house. And yet these, this masculine energy I mean, it's like triple masculine energy because it's even called big boy and it's (laughs) male energy with guns that are invading. So my first thought, if this were my dream is because I believe that everyone in the dream is an ally, even if they look like they're an enemy. So I'd say, first, if I'm going to just be a little bit more literal about it, I'd say, okay, Nicole, where in your life do you feel like you're being bombarded by masculine energy, where you're trying to be nurturing, you're trying to feed yourself, you're trying to kind of be in this cozy space, but there's energy that's coming in from in the front, from the back, and and it feels threatening and it's unsettling. So it's hard to just be in your safe little womb. So first of all, I'd want to ask, that's kind of more on the literal level. What big boys are in your life that are bobbleheads, meaning like they're just kind of, they're kind of cartoon characters. They're, they're, they nod all over the place. They're not quite, their heads quite, not quite on straight, but on bum. Um, So are there, are there men that you're dealing with? Is there a boss? Is there a boyfriend? Is there an ex-husband? Is there a neighbor that's just like, ugh, this energy is just bothering me. Okay, but let's take it up a notch. The next level, I would say, where is my own boy energy? Not mature male energy, but boy energies. That's like the emphasis. It's not like, it's not enlightened masculine energy. It's more like big boy energy that's wanting to, it's wanting to be integrated into my house. To me, I feel like, if there's energy that is taking over by storm and nothing says taking over by storm more than guns, it's saying, I won't be denied. I'm, I'm not taking no for an answer. You, you have to reckon with me. So maybe there's a split between her masculine and feminine energy. Maybe she's, she opts for being more of an Aphrodite type, but her masculine side is saying, you need me. You need this wild part of me that is go-getter, not taking no for an answer energy. You need to come to peace with me. You need to come to harmony with me. And sometimes it gets bad before it gets better. It's out of control before it becomes peaceful. So to me, I feel like there's some work to do integrating this powerful masculine, young masculine energy with more of the mature kind, juicy, feminine energy. And that's my point of view. So Nancy, where do you go with this? What comes up for you? Wow. Well, a couple of things. As soon as you mentioned the masculine feminine, it reminded me of, I have an at-home situation that was requiring that I have a lot of masculine energy, which is not mm. my go-to. It's not my natural space. Um, right. And, it, right. and I needed that balance. Um, so 
so just seeing that and and if you were were to look at it in the exact framework that you set up you know finding that balance it looks like she's really it's like a fight to find the balance it's a it's a it's a struggle but when i but the impression i got um only because she woke up in a panic was that yeah um, you know she had a way it's it's kind of proved that even at the most extreme circumstance under the worst of conditions where where guns are coming at her and and mm-hmm. boys with no sense in their heads are coming at her no matter <laughs> what's coming at her <laughs> she protect herself and if that's even if that's by showing fear showing vulnerability being in a panic whatever that she has the strength to get her out of herself out of that situation because she did she mm-hmm. literally was in the dream and woke herself up so I was taking mm. the that moment mm-hmm. of no matter what comes at me, I'm I'm actually strong enough to make this happen. And I guess I just keep going back to the Frida thing, but but that's yeah. there is strength in, in all of us. And sometimes the you know, the fairer sex we're seen as not as strong. But that right. couldn't be further from the truth. So I, I really love this head, this this head, this bobblehead of a dream. And it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You know, I mean, you know, that's amazing. She incorporated big boy and some guns and, you know, all while talking with friends in the kitchen. She's she's a master. Right. She's a master dreamer. And I loved it. Nicole, we love you. Oh, I want to yeah. add to this. This is great. I loved what you just said. Um, I know from my, myself, I have this. It is part of my soapbox. It feels like what what feels so passionately alive for me is is to not leave the dream feeling where there's disharmony. I'm always wanting, kind of like in Tamara's dream that she just shared about the big heart, I'm always wanting to just imagine that it's my dream and I get so big that there's room for these conflicting energies to find room to be in my heart. I don't want one side to win over the other. I'm wanting there to be room. And and so if I step back even further, I know one of the issues, and this was brought up by Gail, who had the dream about losing her car. Um, One theme that underrides every dream, as well as that, how do we grapple with the masculine feminine side? It's how do we get power? Where is our power? How are we using it? How are we misusing it? How are we figuring out how to integrate it? One of the issues about being human is that we're, it's like power is gold. If we have access to power, then we're good. We're safe. We can create our own lives. The struggle with being human is is the struggle of feeling powerless in this world. Um, social security issues. I mean, it's on the level of government. It's people protesting because they feel powerless. It's all a game about how do we get our power back. And in Nicole's dream, in many ways, these young boys, this this these big boys, to me, represent incredible power, not power that has yet been integrated, but it's incredibly powerful. So if she could like fast forward this movie to the point where these boys were allowed a a training period of integrating their way and earning their way into the house, then what might they do? It's kind of like rehabilitating gang members and the work that I've done in the inner city. It's like when they are given 
uh, a way to funnel their aggressive energy, they can build a house with that energy. They can heal people. They can be heroic with that, but they need a place and a way to have it be funneled. So I would say Nicole needs that energy for her to feel more powerful, even if her femininity is running the show, which I think it should, because it's got a more, there's more grace and more gentleness, but she needs that power. Okay. I'm going off on a tangent here, but I just, Dana showed me on his Facebook feed, there was this, this um, meme that said something like a, a, a mild man isn't necessarily a good man. A good man is a man who's capable of being incredibly dangerous, but he chooses to have self-control. Mm. So, I'm totally butchering that quote, and we only have a few seconds before we have to end the show, but I want to just say, I think there's something interesting in that. It's not about having no energy, being meek only, but it's about having that destructive energy, but knowing how to harness it, having some mastery over that. That's what I think it's all about. I love this, Jim. Nancy T., thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's always so much fun to have you on. I love you. I love you, too. Thanks for having me, honey. And thank you to Frida for being part of our our invisible co-host on the show today. And thank you so much to Tamara for sharing your dream and Gail for sharing your dream. Join us next week where we do the same. Bring your dreams. Don't be shy. Join us next week. We'll see you here on Ask Dr. Dream on Unity Online Radio. Until then, don't take your dreams lying down. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.